welcome to another edition of The Stunt Show. My name is Mark Zomick, and this week I am the host of The Stunt Show. I share the hosting duties with Jordan B. Gorfinkel, Mayor Fertig, and Daniel Gordon. This week we have a very special edition of The Stunt Show, and I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you enjoy it as well. And here is the premise of today's show. Music plays such an important role in our connection to God and Judaism and to each other. It evokes emotion, both happy and sad. It is there to help us pray. It is there to help us celebrate. It is there to help us mourn. A number of weeks ago, it was Hanukkah. Well, seemed like a really long time ago, now that we're in the middle of January, for those of you who remember. And as a subscriber to Satellite Radio, I was intrigued to hear that for eight days, the satellite provider preempted programming on one of their stations in order to make room for Radio Hanukkah. Cool, I thought. Now, millions around the country could listen to the Jewish music I have come to know and love throughout my entire life. So I tuned in and basically heard the type of music that I was completely unfamiliar with. Don't get me wrong, I love Fiddler on the Roof segments and the Rosenblatt Yom Norim really hit home on Hanukkah. But, uh, and of course, anything by Theodore Bikel is great. But uh, while there were a couple of requisite schlockrock songs, I was being exposed to a side of Jewish music that I had not been exposed to before. As a Jewish music aficionado, somebody who thinks he knows a lot about Jewish music and has 21,000 songs in his Jewish music record library, um, and I've been in a fan for as long as I could remember, I wanted to learn more. And luckily, I had someone to reach out to. Harold Geller, a professional colleague and friend for many years, agreed to sit with me, uh, sit with us, and perhaps show our listeners and expose our listeners to some Jewish music that we may not have ever heard before. I have asked Harold to select some of his favorite songs to play for us, and we and then uh, we can discuss them throughout the show. Harold Geller, welcome to the Stunt Show. Thank you very much, Mark. I uh, remember uh, our conversa- our pre-show conversation a few weeks ago where you were checking some of my uh, bona fides to ask if I had certain songs in my record library. Well, I'm sure you have this one. I'm sure you have that one. It turns out uh, I had none of them. So Harold brought his own music, and uh, some of it he's gonna he's promised to share with uh, the listeners today, and uh, some of it we might even include on the stream going forward. So this is uh, hopefully a very eye-opening show for um, our listeners. Thank you. Um, so I, I think that maybe... You know, I, I guess I set the stage in very vague terms, and I will take some of the vagueness out of the terms that um, I set the stage with. Since uh, being somebody, as anybody who's listened to me on the air before, I guess, talk about anything in my past knows, I would be colloquially referred to somebody who is an FFB or somebody who's grown up religious his entire life. And that is the Jewish music that I was exposed to from... I guess, Kalbach in the early days and Or Chadash and the Rabbi's Sons and though, and that music from the 70s into the Miami Boys Choir, Mordechai and David Avonfried in the 80s and Yaakov Shweki and to paint a very broad brush and Benny Friedman, um, today. And, um, there are any number of myriad of Jewish artists who we have discussed over the past number of years who I had never even heard of so your background is a little different than mine you are um i would say uh as committed to i am to the religion but but i guess we came from different places and we and we sit in different places now so why don't you give your give everybody a little bit of background about uh what what, what got you to the microphone today so from a musical standpoint you know mark as you said at the very beginning music 
does drive a lot of things. Music is the, that's at the center of everything that is, from my standpoint, is important. You know, there's so much beautiful music that connects us with the world, connects us with life. So, you, you know, you could think about me classically as a conservative Jew. Although I really think, believe, you know, we can get into a whole different conversation on denominations. And How many angels can, are dancing on the head of a pen? Exactly. You know, but really when you think about it, you know, I, I look at the world and say, we have, we all have this, these ways of, of connecting, you know, and I, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite lines is, Elu Elohim Chaim. You know, mm-hmm. we all believe in the same sure. God. We have a living God that, that, that we, that we choose to connect with in the ways that we choose to. So as I've said, music connects me. A lot of the music that, that sort of, that makes me tick is contemporary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, artists who will, you know, will share some of, some of my favorites, uh, artists who, who are, you know, come up through either the reform movement or the conservative movement. But a lot of what we'll hear today comes out of the Jewish camping movement. And a lot of the artists that you're going to hear come out of the reform camping movement. And not different than Orthodox music coming out of the Orthodox camping music. One of my favorite stories was um, a friend of mine was telling the story. He w- he grew up in uh, I don't think he think he was even Mayor Weingarten who was telling the story that he you know he went to Camp Monk as a kid, which was a uh, an all boys very from very religious camp. And uh, Rabbi Baruch Chait was a counselor in the camp, Rabbi Rabbi Chait of the Rabbi Sons. And he would walk around camp with a guitar and say, one second, how does this sound? Me, Haish. And that's a sort of a song that, yeah. you know, has become so connected with, with you know, with with, uh, with the Rabbi Sons and with his repertoire throughout all Jewish music that, you know, when you think about it, it, it's so parallel to what you had just laid out. Absolutely. And, you know, so, and again, we, there, you know, there's certain things that we're, we're sort of agreed that I'm going to limit in terms of the scope of the kinds of music I share. However, I got to really talk about sort of the beginnings right. of contemporary Jewish music. And one of the first teachers of contemporary Jewish music, one of the first originators of contemporary Jewish music is Debbie Friedman. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've brought with me a Debbie Friedman sh- song that David Rosa did. Okay. And Debbie passed away a few years ago and we actually just observed her yard site on Shabbat Shira. Uh, and Debbie set the stage for a lot of other musicians. And we, you will hear some of them, Cole Beseder, Craig Taubman, uh, and Dan Nichols, Rick Recht. We'll hear some of these artists who engage the youth. Mm-hmm. And who, who are engaging the youth of today. And still, you know, when you talk, we'll talk through, when we talk through some of these songs that we're listening to, some of these artists are still touring artists who are out there making, you know, making a great, you know, a great right, opportunity. David Bros, I've seen him actually out there more lately, I think. Maybe doing some concerts well, recently yeah. in the area. And, you know, Broza has a new, has a new album out, right, which, uh, uh, which he actually just debuted in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Broza, you know, obviously Broza is a very, you know, Israeli artist who right. really doesn't do the Jewish camping move scene. Right. But, but again, I'm using De- David as an example and he's going to play, do some of the Debbie stuff. But, uh, you know, but the, the camping movement over the summer is, vi- you know, is very, very busy. You know, we've got artists that do wonderful music and engage kids. And mm-hmm. this is where the future is coming from. So mm-hmm. with, with that, you know, do you want to start sure. off? Let's go for a song. Okay. So this is uh, off of uh, an, another song will rise, uh, the tib- tribute to Debbie Friedman. Um, and it is uh, David Broza doing Miriam's song. Thank you. 
dancing with her timbrel Followed Mary as she sang her song Singing a song to the one whom we've exalted Miriam and the women danced and danced the whole night long And Miriam was a weaver of unique variety The tapestry she wove was one which sang our history With every strand and every thread she crafted her delight A woman touched with spirit, she dances toward the light And the women dancing with their timbrel Followed Mary as she sang her song Sing a song to the one who we've exalted Miriam and the women danced and danced the whole night long When Miriam stood up on the shores and gazed across the sea No wonder of this miracle she soon came to believe Whoever thought the sea would part with an outstretched hand And we would pass to freedom, march to the promised land Certainly an appropriate song for uh, a couple weeks after uh, Shabbat Shira. Um, okay, so now the first part of the song, or the maybe the main part of the chorus, sounded very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 from Shirat Hayam. No, not the story, the tune. Da, na, na, yeah, of course. Debbie Friedman. Debbie Friedman did. But like from a song that I would be more familiar with. You would probably. Well, again, I, I know it as a Debbie Friedman song. That doesn't and, mean it right. Like, yeah. look, there are a lot of songs yeah. that I think people uh, keep. I keep saying it. and I don't mean it this way. In our community, no, don't necessarily know as Debbie Friedman song. Probably most notably the Havdalah mm-hmm. that I've seen hundreds of times. Um, that was her Havdalah. Right. But this tune, da, na, na, I, now it's sticking in my head, and I just can't. 
hopefully in the next 40 minutes I'll come up with what it was, but I'll probably forget and think of it when I'm in the car on the way home. Um, but it's, it, it, that low part of the song sounded very familiar and I have it like connected to liturgy in some way and I just can't place it. Sort of like when I, when, um, Lahavdil, we would say Pope John Paul II was doing mass in Giant Stadium. And they were, I, I don't know why I was, I was, they were showing it on the news and they were singing the song. I think the title was Jerusalem and they were singing the song to Jerusalem that turned out was Kabach's Lamanachai that has become a Christian theme song. So I, whatever, this song sounds so familiar to me, but anyway. And, and you know, Mark, a lot of Debbie's music has been brought into liturgy. Right. So I've heard a lot of congregation, a lot of conservative and reform congregations use that tune for me, Kamocha. Okay. And well, that so would you, work. You know, right. So you probably you may have heard it there. So there's a lots of different places. Be interested in hearing where you know where else. Right. I got to figure out where it was. I, oh, it's so familiar. I'm but, sure. I'm sure some listener is gonna send me an email when they hear this show uh, when it airs, uh, uh, telling me what song, and I can't, they can't believe. Uh, or maybe one of my kids is gonna say, "Ah, oh, I can't believe you didn't know what song it was." So you know, and it's funny. So you know, Debbie really set the stage. For what we, what we, what we typically call contemporary Jewish music. Now, a lot of people can call it conservative, liberal, but we, we tend to call the genre contemporary Jewish What's music. What's her timing? I know she passed away a number of years ago, but what was her, what, what, what was her career span? Seventies, eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at, you know, and, uh, she was a Baalat Vila in the West Coast. Uh, a lot of the, the people that you're going to hear either started off as, as Balei Tvila or maybe as, as song leaders, which is a real trend in the, in the reform movement starting in the conservative movement, where you've got both a, a Bal Tvila and a song leader who might, you know, lead Tvilot with, with a guitar or with other instruments. So mm-hmm. she really started as a song leader, as a camp song leader, brought that success into, to, the, synagogue. In, into the synagogue right. and really set the stage. You know, the, the reform movement had their, uh, their count, their, uh, conference on contemporary Jew, on Jewish music, uh, on, in the liturgy. Cause, it, you know, reform, the reform movement didn't really look to contemporary music or instruments. They were very, you know, very much in the, uh, formal, formal, uh, you know, different, formal very differently, you know, where, where we, you know, we, in, growing up, I grew up conservative. Uh, we had a choir and we had a wonderful chazan with an, with an amazing voice, mm-hmm. uh, but never would see an instrument. You know, and the instruments right. in the reform movement, though there was an organ, you know, right. but that, that was very, still very formal, very classical. Right. Uh, Debbie set the stage for the use of a guitar and to engage people in more of a way that they are familiar in their secular lives. You know, the, the guitar and, you know, Joan Baez and, all, and sure. some of the other contemporary artists that were her influences tended to influence the outside, but not so much inside of the synagogue. Do you, so would you compare the music when you grew up in a conservative synagogue? Was it, you, you say there was a cantor and a choir. Was that more performance or more participatory? It was performance. Right. So you and, so, so I, so I would say that again, to, to continue the parallels, th- what Debbie Friedman brought to the synagogue was the, 
the the camaraderie, the the, per- yeah, the, the participation, yeah, with the with the whoever was leading the services. Exactly. And, and what was interesting for me as a conservative Jew growing up, who really didn't know very much about Debbie, right, in those days. You know, to me, my you know my Jewish influence was Safam. Right. Um, we're not going to hear any Safam today, but okay. uh, you, but you it was, you wouldn't hear any complaints from me. But I, I, I get that's not why we're I, here. I, yeah. no, no, part part of it is I know that your listeners are exposed to Safam, sure. so I brought you stuff that. Didn't, didn't weren't influenced by But, you know, my influence growing up was Safam and maybe a little, a little bit of Kolbe Seder. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Debbie Friedman was sort of the, re, you know, reform, reform music, you know, and that, you know, right. there was, the denominations were very, you know, very pronounced. Right. And, you know, so it, it's, it, it's fascinating in that way to, to sort of listen to it. But why don't we should try another song from another, what I call another classic. Go ahead. Um, Kolbe Seder. Okay. Um, and, this is uh this is what what am I what did I choose from Colbeseder? Um Modeani. Seder here on the Stun Show. Mark Zomick and my guest is Harold Geller playing some music. Well, now words that you've definitely heard before, but some music you've never be, never heard before. That's Kolbe Seder with Mo De'Ani. Um, I always ask the trivia question of the 21,000 songs I have on my computer. What is the most frequently used title for those songs? Do you know the answer to the question? Well, you, you could guess and you might get the answer right. No one... Not a single person I've asked that question to has ever gotten the, gotten the answer right. And what's interesting is on my iPod, the most popular song is probably Hallelujah, Psalm 150. Right. So that's not on mine. 
<laughs> um, and I bet you're wrong. Okay. I, I, and I'm not, I would not be surprised if we had the same number. My, um, it's not Modani. People guess Modani. It's not. It's Adonalum. And in, and on my iPod, that will definitely not be oh, really? the most common. Interesting. No. It, what's interesting is there are so you know, and and again another another Safam example. There, you know, Safam does a medley of Adonalums. Right. You know, and and I and I listen to all. Some of them are, are real real tunes, and some of them are made up. But right. on my iPod, you know, and, I, and again, I was it was very I was very when I was picking out my saw my playlist. It was like how many Psalm one fifties could I have right. put That's into good. this? Uh, because it, it, again, when you think about Psalm one fifty. You know, it's, it's sort of, it's this exuberant, you know, singing to God with all of the instruments. And so contemporary Jewish music right. is filled with hallelujah. Right. But it's all centered around Psalm 150. Uh, okay. I can think of songs that come in, uh, from other ones, but, uh, yeah, but that would, look, that certainly would be this, even though it's a short psalm. Yeah. It could be the one with the most repetitions of the word. And it could also be because it's the last one, you know, and one that we say every day mm-hmm. in our davening. It it could be one that just has evoked more songs yep. than than others. So and, and, and you know, so Kol Seder, just so that you just to go back, that, that Rabbi Dan Freelander mm-hmm. and Cantor Jeff Klepper, both out of the Reform movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff it has been a congregational was a congregational cantor for years. Danny, very much a you know musician by you know by trade. Um, it was a graduate of Juilliard, I believe, and uh, various other musical institutions, right. and then found his way into the rabbinate and is now an executive vice president of the Union for Reform Judaism. But again, you know, the, the varied backgrounds that bring us to this music. It has to be a joke in there where he was going to be a musician, and in order to make his parents feel better that he'd make a living, he became a rabbi. I'm not sure uh, <laughs> that it really works, but okay, that's got to be something there. Sorry, Danny. <laughs> but uh, so I, I figured I would transition, use this as a bit of a transition because you sure. know the the whole camping movement spawned people who you know would just you know spontaneously pick up their guitars and and sing right. and became song leaders. Mm-hmm. And Noah Aronson is one of those song leaders. Who, you know, and I, I know actually is on, is sort of on the path now to either rabbinic or cantorial studies. But again, it, it found the interest there. Um, and, um, you know, I want to, let's listen to the song. And I think I'm sure we'll, we'll have some things to talk about, uh, afterwards, but it's, um, it's his, his take on the Shema. Okay. And he calls it Echad off of his, uh, uh filled with awe. <laughs> Rise 
Mark Zomick with Harold Geller here on The Stunt Show, playing some of Harold's favorite songs. And i got to tell you something, Harold. I don't know if this is going to make you happy or sad, but that could easily be a schwecky song that he would have had on his latest album um, that's an absolute contemporary Jewish song that probably crosses all boundaries in terms of Again, I could have easily played that song on Jamie Am tomorrow morning, and no one would have thought twice about it. Absolutely, and that's the great thing about music. There, in my mind, you know, we talk about orthodox music and conservative or or, or contemporary, all right. of it. You know, with the exception of some stuff that might be edgy and might cross political boundaries, there is some beautiful music that we all share. Absolutely, and, uh, and having being and having been a regular jam and the AM listener, absolutely, right. some of this stuff fits in beautifully with that with that listener audience. Right. So, I mean, I think sometimes we and, and look. I think unfortunately, the, a lot of the differences are not related to the music. It's on perhaps who's singing, on what their background is, and I guess in sometimes what the message is. But look, I'm sure Lenny Solomon did not have an easy time of it when he started doing schlock rock. Um, and in fact, you know, I'm sure that in, in many ways, I remember that, uh, on some of Mordechai Ben David's stuff that was coming out in the eighties, he was not feeling the love in his Hasidic community when that stuff came out either. So there's always something about pushing the edge, but anyway. Absolutely. And, and, and I think in a lot of ways, that's what music is supposed to do. 
music is supposed to push our limits. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't, you know, it, it takes us out of our comfort zone. And actually, you know, it's interesting. I, there, there's this, I'm going to, one of the songs that I'm going to share, and actually we'll, we'll go to it next, push it, pushed my limits a while ago. It was, it was, uh, Dan Nichols, mm-hmm. again, a product of the camping movement. Uncom- Dan was uncomfortable with a lot of contemporary tefillah understood the concepts understood the the basics mm-hmm. but repetition sometimes is is discomforting right. and so dan wrote this song called beyond and beyond and when you listen to it carefully actually you know why don't we do this let's listen to it and mark why don't you tell me what you think that it's a take on okay and then we'll we'll talk about how music engages and pushes limits a little bit
The Stunt Show with Mark Zomick, my guest Harold Geller here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Stay tuned uh, next Thursday for another edition of The Stunt Show as we continue here um, about halfway through our edition this week. So I want to say it's a take on Kaddish. Correct. Oh, good. Phew. That was close. <laughs> I, I would have messed that up. I would have been in big trouble. But uh, very, very interesting. Again, something that certainly I want to say Safamish from my contemporary mm-hmm. view of it. But again, something that I don't think any of our listeners would be surprised to hear uh, on this stream. Right. But would they feel comfortable with it in Tvilot? Okay. And that's where the, look, <laughs> I, I have to say that if we're using that as a criteria, then most of what we play on the Nachum Siegel Network from, uh, from my perspective is not part of what should be played in Tfilot. My, one of my favorite lines I've ever heard on the air was, um, Nachum interviewing Gershon Varoba, who one of his earliest songs in the, um, in the early eighties was Mimkomcha, um, that he actually put out a single. And, uh, years later, I remember hearing him on the air say, you know, he appreciates the listeners and the Jewish music audience making his Mimkomcha so popular, but please don't sing it during davening. He just didn't feel that it fit, it fit, it fit into what we would say the motif and the mode of what the Nusachat Tfila is. And that, and I think that it's not that people object to the, object is a different, a different word, but whatever, may perhaps the wrong word to the, music and not that they would object to the music in a more religious setting but and maybe this is where the biggest deviation is traditional tefillah has rules and regulations associated with it and the tunes that are used unfortunately not enough people know that the the rules and regulations let's put my editorial comments aside but would not necessarily feel that this fit, fit into that mode and again when you talk about Liberal tefillah, right? Some of that does fit in, you know. And again, absolutely, the rules of Nusach and the, the rules of each of the different prayer services having a Nusach and a mode. And I remember the story that you know you you knew you travel from country to country to country, right. and you knew what time of day it was based on the tune and the tone of the music. Right. And in a lot of ways, there's a lot of criticism of contemporary artists like Debbie Friedman and Kol Seder and. You know, when, when they use those those tunes right. in you know in the synagogue, it's interesting because I think that uh, in some ways um, Kalbach has been taken out of context because no matter when he was leading services and no matter what original music he brought into services, he always used it in the mood and the mode of the existing Nusach. Mm-hmm. And when people talk about the traditional Kaubach Friday night service, there was a lot more singing and dancing than there was in Volusia. There's no question about it. Yes. But the underlying Nusach of the tefillah was the same as it was in Volusia. Yeah. And he made sure that even with the singing and dancing and the Mizzle Adub and the Shiva Lashem, he ended off each of the paragraphs with the more traditional Nusach, and maybe that's where the happy medium is, or maybe that's where you would say the biggest deviation is. I don't know, and and again, you know, Shlomo Karlbach is the best of examples. Where, yes, I, you know, I, I remember people telling me the exact same story, and and yes, the the balance is there, right? Um, and sometimes, you know, I, I, this this is another whole tangent that we can go off on one day, but sometimes I wonder about the invention of 
Nusach and the evolution of Nusach and how... So I urge you to go back to an interview that I did a year and a half ago with Sherwood Goffin, actually a year ago, right before Pesach last year with Sherwood Goffin, where he can trace back certain tunes thousands of years. And um, so we talk about the evolution of Nusach. Okay, we talk about... the, and, 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 and one of the things that my father marveled at at the time when we did the show, there's a, a nusach, I would call it a tune called the Nigun Hayashan or the old Nigun. And that's the, the tune with which we do Kiddush on Friday night. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da. I mean, the Kiddush on Yamtiv. Which is also Akdam, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, and I guess, this is where my, I want to call it more as open-minded as I am, what my more traditional attitude comes from, where you say people are bothered by the repetition, I am comforted by the repetition. And where, you know, where, where, where people sort of need to, you know, I, when I dive in for the Ummah, and I do often, I rarely insert songs in place of the regular Nusach, because I think that if, if done well, you know, my friend Natan Alherstick and I talk about this all the time. I think that when the Nusuch is done well, it could have so much more meaning and impact and evoke emotions in such a way. My wife always says, you know, she cries at Kulnadre, you know, or she cries at Indusana Tokef on Yom Kippur, partly because there's that familiarness to it. I don't know. Well, and Mark, you know, to, you're, you know, exactly the same point as you were making. You know, I, I, I dove in for the Omid also. And I find sometimes that I do introduce new music right. in there, but sparingly. Because there is a certain amount of familiarity, which is right. comforting and good. And the other piece that, that is the struggle of a lot of reform cantors and Balei Tvila is you can't introduce too much because you're going to turn your audience off right. in the other direction. But there is more in, you know, in the reform movement, there is more introduction of some of this modern music. Um, but, and, and it's funny when, you know, I would say every couple of months I, I would, I lead, I lead, I daven for the Ahmed in our congregation in Metachin. And people look forward to the one or two pieces that I insert right. because it's surprising and I tend to teach it. Right. You know, so I'll start with a Nigun and people will enjoy that. But you're right. And, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, the, the high holiday liturgy, uh, there are pieces, that move me as well. I would never, and I, I use the term never sparingly, but I would never right. want to see them change because I remember the times that I would walk with my father, walk to sit, walk to synagogue on the high holidays with my father. And he'd remind me of the stories of Yom, Erev Yom Kippur, you know, people walking, you know, walking to Shoal and, and hearing, hearing the different melodies in, in their, in their heads. So absolutely. I, and I guess just to, to sort of to wrap up that part of the conversation, I, I, a part of my, I want to call it my difficulty with, and I want to say innovation, but that's a, maybe a strong word, is, I mean, again, let's use the high holiday, high holiday liturgy as an example. If somebody with a straight face tells me that they're bored on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur from the davening, they're not paying attention. Right, because I, I, one of my favorite lines, I have favorite lines I ever heard on Yom Kippur was, if you actually read seriously and understood what we just spent the entire day doing, you would be rolled up in a ball on the floor. Right, because it's 
gut wrenching. And if and and if taken seriously and meaningfully, I mean, you don't need a single note for that to hit you a certain way. And I think that maybe. And again, I get all the innovation, I, 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 and I embrace much of it. I think that my difficulty sometimes is I like the repetition and I think that that's, you know, that's part of the meaning to me. And uh, if you pay attention, it's really all there. Absolutely. So we talked earlier about Psalm 150. So no, okay, no, please. no song that I, no, uh, no, no sharing that I would do is without one. I'm going to do one off of Rick Recht's uh, newest, uh, newest CD, Psalm 150, Hallelujah, Rick Recht. Make my plan, I will step up, I will stand, I will learn, I will teach, I will observe, I will reach, I will inspire, I will pray, set a new standard, celebrate, and I sing hallelujah. I will be strong, I will exceed all expectations, I believe, I will contribute, I will sing. I will be real, I will be me, and I sing Hallelujah, 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 and I sing Hallelujah. Yeah. 
It's the stunt show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. This is Mark Zomik hosting for you this week along with Harold Geller playing some really great Jewish music. Um, one of the interesting points, I guess it, it also pays to bring up, while there are probably significant differences stylistically in the way the liturgy plays out in synagogues now, especially between Orthodox, Conservative, and Reform, there are probably very few fundamental differences. I mean, maybe there's more English in one or whatever, but by and large, you know, the prayer listing is probably very similar. Absolutely. And, you know, what's, what I find most interesting in the observation that I, that I bring to to communities that I, that I interact with is if you take a look at the newest reform prayer book, Mishkan Tefillah, uh-huh. Mishkan Tefillah looks a lot like a conservative prayer book. And the conservative prayer book looks a lot like, looks a lot like, 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 like an orthodox prayer book. Because I think that one of the interesting things, innovation, uh, innovations, I guess is the right word, maybe in this case, I noticed in the conservative prayer book is there's an Alanisim for the state of Israel, mm-hmm. which actually that's in the reform. In, in the, ref, in the, but I've seen it in a conservative, okay. in the official conservative sitter. Well, Sim Shalom is the official RA prayer book, and that okay. doesn't have a, uh, an Alhanisim for. Because I would think that had, had the reformed or conservative movement not come up with, you might have come up with it on our own, but probably would have started some other internal orthodox fights. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but the, I think the liturgy is probably by and large very, very close. Absolutely. And, and you're seeing more, seeing it come more and more together. And as you say, there might be some more English used, more interpretive, but the create, the creativity isn't coming from the actual words of the prayers right. because there's a lot of comfort and a lot of good that comes from that. Right. What, what you really are seeing is more interpretive prayer, English prayers, opportunities to share the meanings and to, to expound on the meanings of these things. Well, so, it's certainly it's trying to make a connection. Yeah. Between prayer and uh, and the people praying, the pray the prayer and the prayer. Exactly. Um, th- you know, those are the two things that sort of need to be connected. Anyway, let's let's play. Let make sure make sure we get a couple more songs in here. Okay. So uh, we're going to move away from liturgy and move to uh, to Pirkei Avot. Uh, let, let's do two songs here. Um, Josh Nelson, who's a young traveling artist these days and in, in, in the and up and comer. Um, recorded a lot of great stuff. Uh, he did a, he did Ezehu Chacham. The other is going to be from Matova, which is sort of a classic in, in my mind. Uh, but again, they, they do, they do turn it, which is, which will, again, is something that we'll hear from Pure Kavo. But let's do Josh Nelson, Ezehu Chacham. Do you hear? Do you listen? Do you look or do you see? Can you feel the separation? Because 
because of you, because of me. There are truths in one another. There are troubles we have seen. There is hope in understanding. There is light in the space between. Is that a Still inspire us in so many ways. So if you've got a question, open up and take a look. After all, we are the people of the book. From how to love your neighbor to the way we treat the poor. The proper way to hang your new mezuzah on the door. Honoring your parents, how to hear the shofar sound. 
By peeling back the layers, any answer can be found. You got to turn it, turn it, again and again for everything is in it. Turn it, turn it, turn it again. Turn it, turn it, again and again for everything is in it. Turn it, turn it, turn it again. up in the heavens so that someone has to say who will bring it down for us to do and hear today the Torah is so close it's in your mouth it's in your heart but knowing that it's near is just the start study by itself is not enough for us to do acting on these teachings is what it means to be a Jew Learning it and doing it are two halves of a whole. Living Torah, being Torah, this is our true goal. You got to turn it, turn it, again and again for everything is in it. Turn it, turn it, turn it again. Turn it, turn it, again and again for everything is in it. Turn it, turn it. Turn it over and over again. Turn it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Zonic here on the Stun Show with Harold Geller wrapping it up with Turn It. You are correct. This is a, the, all these songs I think could easily have been played on the Jam Street, Jam the Am, Nachum Single Stream uh, before this hour, and we're happy to learn some new music today and hopefully uh, you know extend the invitation. Anything that we played so far today and those artists, I would love to include in our repertoire here on the Nachum Single Network. Excellent. So, and, and, and also, you have, we have to, because we only got through about a third of the music you probably wanted <laughs> to, um, perhaps, uh, maybe before, after Pesach, we can do maybe a Pesach holiday version of this as well, since this is really, uh, very fascinating and eye-opening. I think in some ways, um, um, 
surprised and not surprised how close all of this is. You know, again, putting aside some of the stuff we didn't play today, um, in terms of the, these two styles of music, how close they really are. Absolutely. And to, just to transition to something, uh, well, you know, the, there's not a lot of difference, and this is another, just a piece that I wanted to sort of say, there's not a lot of difference in the artists themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these are, you know, when I look at Jewish musicians in general, they're giving people. You know, you think about, you know, the, the Voices for Israel CD collection. Sure. You think about various other charitable type things that they've done. A story that I have is, uh, is of just after what happened a few years ago in Newtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I connected with, uh, with the rabbi in Newtown, and he's a, real lover of music music drives him so i said what can i do as a lover of jewish music to bring comfort to your community and he said you know we are we've gone what we've gone through was hell and back and we don't know how to deal with it and i said you know if music is what drives you and me what about doing something after at the end of shabbat havdalah is a break between the the divine and the profane, mm-hmm. or the you know the divine and the secular. So right after um, the, week, the Shabbat after nine, after uh, after Newtown, uh, Rabbi Ken Chasen, who you just heard on, on Matovu, uh, and Noah Aronson, who you just heard a little while ago, and Ellen Allard came with me to Newtown, mm-hmm. and we did we did a concert there, for a very tasteful concert, but again a giving opportunity to community. And this was with Debbie Friedman's Havdalah at the beginning. Actually, no? we did do Debbie Friedman's okay. Abdallah at the beginning. And so we, one of the things that we did at the end of that, and I, I share that because, you know. Just for our listeners reference, that Abdal that I'm referring to, which almost, I'm sure most of our listeners have heard, <laughs> is, that's Debbie Friedman's Abdallah. So, uh, right. let's, let's, uh, let make sure all our listeners know the origin. Right. And, and so at any rate, so the, the, you know, the three of them plus me, you know, went, went to Newtown with a bunch of people and we, you know, we, there was a whole bunch of very comforting sharing music. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I thought about was a song that was written by Rabbi Menachem Creditor, uh, called Olam. And it's all, it's from the 89th Psalm, Olam Chesed Yibane. Mm-hmm. He wrote that right after 9-11 because his daughter was born just after 9-11 in the hopes that she could come into a more a, a nicer, kinder, gentler world. So I figured that would be the song I would end with because I ended the opportunity that we had to bring comfort in Newtown with Olam. So I want to end this opportunity and say, you know, this is an up, you know, as we said earlier, you know, Elu Elu Dvarim Elohim Chaim. We may have differences in our theologies and our philosophical bents, but the music, as you've said throughout this, the music could engage right no matter who it comes from and connect so so as we close this is mark zamek uh thank you harold for uh taking the time and you know preparing and coming in to do the show um i would love to hear feedback from all the listeners mark at nachomsegel.com that's m-a-r-k at nachomsegel.com next week another one of the four of us uh misanthropes will be behind this micro- microphone hosting the stunt show. If you missed any portion of this, if you're listening to it on Thursday, this show is available as a podcast in the iTunes store and wherever better podcasts are available. So if you missed it, feel free to download it and listen to it over and over again. Thank you, Harold. This is Mark Zomick reminding you that no matter how long a journey may seem, every step you take brings you one closer to the end as we close out on the stunt show.
Oh, 